1: geeks, and welcome to another edition of Wizards Half. This is mini-episode 56.5. These are the episodes where we get into all the nitty-gritty details we didn't have time for on the main episode. You know, we had a lot of fun on episode 56 with former Wizard staff writer Ben Morse, as we heard about his experiences reading Wizard before actually then working at the magazine. But for all the good times we had there with Ben, there was still something missing. Something very important to all of us, and that was the other half of your Wizards hosting team, Michael. So to Make it up to you. Mr. Kennedy is joining me here on the mini episode after a long absence from the Wizards half Scene. Michael, are you ready?
0: You know, I've been thinking about this. This is like one of those things where, you know, you have like a really good pair of shoes that you wore for a long time, and you put them in the closet, and you put them back on, and they just kind of slide right in. They're sort of molded perfectly to your foot, still. This is how being on this mini-episode feels. Like, I just feel like jumping back in the saddle for the first time in a while, so I'm kind of excited.
1: this is great. This is great. But now, before we get into the segments here, though, I have to ask your opinion of an ad that I found in this issue. It is, of course, from Extreme Studios. It is announcing a brand new book called Kid Supreme. Michael, do you see what I see? It's Superboy? Yes. (laughs) It is the 90s reign of the superman superboy a hundred percent
0: a hundred percent i mean i had never seen this image before but i was like it looks like it was literally stolen from a superboy comic even the pose the whole look the breaking through the bricks the whole thing is carbon copy
1: now the supreme character i mean rob Liefeld has admitted that it is his superman he's like this is my superman character these are the superman stories i to to tell. But it's different because at least he redesigned Supreme. He's got the white hair. The costume is very different. All those things. But this is so direct. Something that was just created a few years earlier and then he's just decided to take the exact design. But
0: like this character, if you threw on a pair of sunglasses on it, it's literally Superboy.
1: Yeah, the haircut, everything. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. So we'll put this on social media. You guys can uh, tell us if you have ever seen or read Kid. Supreme. Uh, but one other thing I forgot to mention on the main episode is that John Byrne's editorial column debuted in issue 56, so it was replacing Todd McFarlane's ego column, which ended several issues back. But it's ironic because John Byrne was in a feud with Todd McFarlane. <laughs> And all of Image, really, at this time. So it's literally the other side of the coin. Wizard's like, okay, you've heard from Todd for all these years. Let's see what John Byrne has to say. And in this particular one, he's just talking about, like, this first Batman issue he ever read. And he says that means he's officially been reading comics for 40 years as of this 1996 date. Wow. Happy birthday to me is the name of the column. <laughs> <laughs> all right but michael what we always love to cover on the mini episodes are the contests Mm. so it's time to get into cap's kooky contests Now, Michael, I do have a question for you up top before we get into all of this. Have you yourself ever entered or won a sweepstakes or giveaway contest? So not like a competition or something like that, but you mailed in some form and said, this is my entry. And then something came back to you in the mail. Once there
0: was this children's like sports almanac kind of a thing and it was like called like sports pages something like that and it was one of those like you had to cut out x amount of cereal box upc codes or whatever and you know fill out the whole thing and you mailed it out and it shipped you this like loose leaf binder for sports pages I, I don't even know if i still have it or not but it had all these like football players baseball players basketball and so on and so forth and it came through an ad of, like, Sports Illustrated for kids that I found the thing and started doing the whole thing. That was it. Ever.
1: Okay. That's all I got. Nothing
0: nothing cool, nothing comic book related, nothing even interesting for anybody, probably.
1: For me, too. Like, I, I think I entered very few contests, especially in Wizard, if I maybe sent in one, but I can't recall.
0: You're like You're sending it out to the universe, and it never comes back. It's just like, sure.
1: Yeah, the only time I've won stuff has actually been on Twitter. So in the years since I joined Twitter and people do these giveaways every once in a while, I've won quite a few. Like I won like a five pack of Tremors movies from one site. And I also won Monster in My Pocket. If you remember those toys, somebody had still the box with the figures in it. And they were giving it away and I won that. Eventually gifted it to another friend who loved to collect those. But that's like as close as I've ever gotten to say, well you chose me! Any other contest I've won, it's always been in person. You know, some sort of performance thing or something, but uh, let's see what Wizard had to offer this time around, because there's just three contests in this issue, but they're all very diverse. So this first one here is the Mountain of Manga contest, because we had quite a conversation about manga in this issue. There were two different articles saying it was the wave of the future and already being, you know, infused into American comics, so here's what they had to say here. Dark Horse Comics and Graffiti Designs presents the Mountain of Manga Contest. Been reading all about manga this issue? Manga, manga, we're gonna go back and forth. Has it wet your appetite for the big eye stuff? Well, just because two of the biggest manga mavens on this side of the Pacific are also two of the nicest companies around, you could walk away with enough manga to satisfy even Galactus's hunger. And all you have to do is to be able to write your name. That's it. So how to play? It's a random drawing, silly. Fill out the coupon. On. Send it in, and you could win our grand prize. one lucky reader will receive a veritable mountain of manga? It includes, courtesy of Dark Horse Comics, the Manga Masters, a comics and trade paperbacks of titles: Three by Three Eyes, Appleseed, Bubblegum Crisis, Caravan Kid, Dirty Pair, Dominion, Domu, Ghost in the Shell, Gunsmith Cats, Legend of Mother Sarah. Oh my goddess! Orion, Outlanders, The Rebel Sword, Venus Wars, and Version. whoo Courtesy of Graffiti Design. the maestros of merchandise the five volume akira hardcover series and a cool as all get out limited edition tetsuo statue he's the main guy in akira this contest is sponsored by dark horse comics graffiti designs and hey even studio proteus those guys do most of the translation work for dark horse's manga so here's the question i have for you michael of all of the titles listed which of them would you have kept had you won this contest
0: definitely akira And definitely Ghost in the Shell... I know of Outlanders too, and I'm not I'm, I'm not a big manga fan. I've read a handful of stuff, but Ghost in the Shell is beautiful, and and so is Akira. Like it's it, it's w- was way ahead of its time. Beyond that, I don't know of any other. I, I I've heard of Dominion, but I couldn't speak of it well.
1: Well, and speaking of Akira, uh, there is another podcast out there, very well known podcast. They don't need a plug from us, but the Unspooled podcast. They recently, just today, I was listening to their latest episode as of this recording. They were covering Akira. Getting into the details on that. So, they're doing a whole animation series. So that was kind of fun. But for me, I think I would want uh, The Dirty Pair and Bubblegum Crisis. You know, just those manga gals with guns. You know, <laughs> let's have some fun. <laughs> now, the other thing that we always do here, Michael, now on the mini episodes is we read the fine print. Okay. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, this is going to be fun here. Let me see if the I The legal ease, can... as they pointed out here. Yes. The legal ease, indeed. And so, here's the thing, though also that has happened is I feel like with the page designs and everything else it just gets harder and harder to make it out. So usually I, I'm like straining to read from the magazine but I have scans this time so I'm going to read it from the scan and I think that will save my eyes for a few more years. So it says here Contest is open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, Dark Horse Comics, Graffiti Design, Studio Proteus, their immediate families, and that rat Tetsuo. Uh oh. <laughs> He's a victim of circumstance sort of. I don't know. I haven't seen a cute. Q- in a long time, I just know that it doesn't end well for him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, second one here: offer, void, were prohibited, regulated, or restricted by law in a manner inconsistent with the purposes and rules hereof. Kyrie, Cory I—I don't know, Corey. <laughs> I don't read enough manga or watch enough anime to know what Couldn't that is in reference you. to. All right, Michael, what's the next one?
0: For the name of the winner uh, available after May fifteenth, send. A self-addressed stamped envelope. I loved the, the old self-addressed stamped <laughs> envelope. You
1: well, know. I just love the idea They're like, you want to check up on us? You want proof you didn't win, so you're upset about it? <laughs> or I guess it's if you think maybe you did win, but you, you would have gotten something. They would have sent it to you. Why would you need to check in on this contest? That's my question.
0: There's another contest in this issue called the One-of-A-Kind Contest. The Highland Mint presents... A -a one-of-a-kind contest contest. After years of making high-quality sports products in precious metals, the Highland Mint has expanded its horizons into the comic world, launching a series of classic Marvel comic covers called Mint Cards. The comic's very first offering is Amazing Fantasy 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man. And if you can put yourself in the Mint mood... You could walk away, walk off with a prize worthy of being held at the U.S. Mint, or something like that.
1: <laughs> They're like, whatever.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like one of those like late night QVC things, like, oh, you know, the Elvis plates.
1: and stuff. Yeah, and what what is Spidey saying on the other side of the page here, Michael?
0: Is a mint flavored paycheck good enough? <laughs> what? <laughs> And that it's that is not the best Spider-Man drawing I've ever that's seen.
1: That's an old Steve Ditko, man. I think that's from the issue where Spider-Man got a check for payment for is saving the really? day and he couldn't cash it because, like, we don't know who you are.
0: <laughs> that's, that's not like a recreation
1: of it? No, I think that's a real – they pulled it from the comic.
0: Wow. Well, then Steve Ditko's going to not like me. <laughs> Insulting that. But anyway, how to play. Just get into the mint spirit by sending us something mint. (laughs) Okay? It can be anything. A piece of spearmint gum. An after-dinner mint. Maybe some mint leaves. (laughs) What? Send something in, and you're as good as entered. Randomly selected entrance could win some mint prizes.
1: They're going to run it into the ground.
0: They are leaning into this mint big time. <laughs> Grand prize number one. One reader will receive the sucker on the bottom of the up page, the one-of-a-kind original sculpt used to make the Highland Mint's initial Marvel cover offering of Amazing Fantasy XV. The sculpt will come with a letter of...
1: Provenance, a provenance? I don't know this word. Is that is that Rhode Island?
0: (laughs) Yeah, a letter of provenance. (laughs) Read certificate of authenticity. You (laughs) mert.
1: They knew we were idiots all those years ago. They're like,
0: wait, what? I'm in eighth grade reading this. I don't know what this word is. Anyway, from Highland Mint stating that it is a unique item used in the actual production of the amazing fantasy replicas, a one of a kind copy of amazing fantasy 15 cover. Now that's cool. Ish, yeah, sure, <laughs> maybe, I guess. Okay. The second prize, one reader will receive a silver amazing fantasy replica that's a whopping $235 retail value. And not just any one of that, it'll be The one numbered number 15, which we think is keen as hell.
1: (laughs) That's cool, though. I I like that gimmick of it. It's like, it'll be the 15th one. Get it? And
0: the third prize. Five readers will receive a bronze Amazing Fantasy 15 mint card, like the one on the top of the opposite page, which is still kind of cool. It looks kind of neat.
1: Yeah, so you get either the original sculpt, you get a silver or you get a bronze. That's pretty good.
0: And third prize would be bronze. So there you go. <laughs> Fill this sucker out, attach it to your minty thing, put it in an envelope <laughs> and send it to Highland Mint Contest at Wizard Press.
1: So here's what I have to say, Michael. So you were talking about like QVC and all that stuff. Like this definitely became a thing around this era when like trading cards and the comics themselves being collectibles kind of died out for a few years. Like yeah. they started doing all these types of things. The one and only time my grandparents, I think, acknowledged my comic book fandom and understood that that was something I was into. They were in Montana and Idaho and stuff like that. They were ranchers. I mean, that's what they did. And so to So they have, like, comic books, even though my dad read Batman comics when he was little. But they gave me for Christmas one year a Spider-Man knife from the Franklin Mint... So it was like an actual pocket knife, but on the side it had like a Spider Man. It was like the Steve Ditko Spider Man corner box. It was like they replicated that from an issue and put it on the side of the knife. And I had that for years and years. I sold it eventually on eBay years back because I was just like, I don't really need a knife. I'm in Montana now. I feel like I would fit in better if I had it. But-, yes. <laughs> but at the time I was like, I don't need this. I'm a city kid. But it just always cracked me up. I'm like, the Franklin Mint collectible pocket knife with Spider spider man
0: That's pretty funny, I remember there was some sort of like commemorative Batman plate one of those late night q v c things, yeah, or the home shopping network, and it was either batman sixty six or something, and I was just like, Oh man, I want that, and they're like, <laughs> you know, dial one eight hundred it's limited edition, folks. It's limited edition. edition.
1: <laughs> All right, well, give us the legalese here. Okay. The legalese
0: no purchase necessary. Contest will open to anyone except employees of Wizard Press, the Highland Mint, their immediate families, or Scottish Highlanders.
1: <laughs> the sworn enemy of the Highland Mint.
0: Yes, because there <laughs> can only be one. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy in a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> now, offer void, we're prohibited, regulated or restricted by Lou. By, I'm oh, sorry. My, <laughs>
1: by Lou. Lou! Don't restrict me! <laughs> Come on, Lou.
0: Regulated or restricted by law in a matter inconsistent with the purposes and rules hereof. Hey, mint juleps are cool too. <laughs> Supply us with the booze and. You just might win.
1: Oh, so I got to tell a quick story here.
0: You're a big mint julep fan?
1: (laughs) Not the real drink. That's the thing. I love the mint juleps that they serve in New Orleans Square at the Disney parks, but it's not alcoholic, but that's like my favorite thing. A lot of people love to get their Dole Whip. I want a mint julep. I talk all about this on my Two Goofs podcast, so if you want to go to YouTube and listen to the Two Goofs podcast or Apple Podcasts, you can find it there. But I had access to this exclusive club that's Club 33 at Disneyland. And when I went there once, it's a very fancy, like, private restaurant they have inside the park. And I asked for mint julep. And I was thinking they were going to bring me the mint julep drink. But they brought me a real alcoholic one. You know, it was all dirty and had these mint leaves. And I'm like, what the? And they're like, I was like, oh, no, I meant the one that you get downstairs. And she's like, oh. Well, we don't normally serve that. But because it was Disneyland, because they pride themselves on customer service, they went and got me a whole pitcher of that mint julep drink. And I was like, wow, this is the best. (laughs) That's my little bit Julep story. All right, let's get on to the final contest here because it's the Wild About Wildcats contest. Hey, there's a brand spanking new Wildcats video game cartridge out around these parts. That's plenty cause for celebration. So we're gonna put on our party hats and dance a jig while we give you the opportunity to win it and maybe even some toys too. Just cut out that coupon below, write your name and address and other important information on it, and mail it to us. If we pick your name, you're a winner. It's that easy easy they really were just saying like you know what we got stuff to give away we got to get this out of (laughs) here but it says here's what you could get grand prize one lucky person gets a -a one-of-a-kind set of 14 playmates wildcats action figures all autographed by wildcats creator jim lee and that's not all you'll get the wildcats video game cartridge too okay that is awesome (laughs) i would love to have those uh second prize (laughs) another 10 lucky people each get one of those funkified wildcats video games game cartridges ooh funkified and finally third prize 10 more will each get a wildcats action figure hoorah
0: i had no idea there was a wildcats action figures or b a wildcats game i had no idea
1: Oh, I never read a Wildcats comic, and I still bought the figures, because they were so beautiful and so well-crafted. I mean, they were right up there with the McFarlane figures in terms of quality. Like, Playmates did an amazing job. Uh, So yeah, I I really enjoyed them, and I had a few for a few years, and as with my knife, they eventually got sold off, because I'm like, I'm never going to revisit 90s comics again. I won't need these. Oops. Oh, the fools that we were. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right so let's get into our wild legalese this time around. So wait a minute I this is different. Okay, this is weird, because listen to this. All entries become exclusive property of the sponsors and will not be acknowledged or returned. Sponsors assume no responsibility for lost, mutilated, late, illegible, incomplete, postage, or misdirected entries. But I mean, it's just weird, because it's like, it's just a piece of paper. We're gonna own this now. We own this, do you understand? But I don't think there's any jokes here. I'm gonna try one more time to read this and see. Uh, By acceptance of prize, winner agrees to the use of their names and her likeness for purpose of advertising trade or promotion without further compensation unless prohibited by law okay so that's not a joke <laughs> but they will take your face and say you're the winner and we own it
0: i have a question for you and i've never i don't know if i ever asked you this question i mean yeah. you're much more familiar with wildcats than i was Which one is your favorite Wildcat?
1: Honestly, the best design, and he is the one that endures. I mean, he's the one who doesn't look ridiculous now. I guess he just, he still looks cool to me, is Grifter. You just, you can't beat Grifter. Good
0: point. I mean, and and, yeah, and he still transcended time. Like, he moved over to DC. I mean, it was like... Yeah. It is a cool character. It's a cool design, and, and the whole thing is very
1: interesting. A good pool. But, Michael, I have a question for you, because they have been adding jokes onto the entry forms lately, mm-hmm. so for their entry form down below, after you enter just all your information, they ask, Cheddar or Swiss? So where do you fall?
0: Oh, I don't like Swiss at all. I would have to fall Cheddar. I'm lactose intolerant, so really should be neither, but... <laughs>
1: I'm definitely more of a cheddar guy, but I do like a Swiss, like on a panini or You'll, something. You don't like a sharp cheddar here? And here. <laughs> some of that cheddar, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, we're moving out of the contest space, and we are going to get into some merch madness. <laughs>
0: Toy Biz has unveiled their new wave of Fantastic Four figures, which all include a detachable base to pose the figures on. Sea-level villains, the Wizard, and Psycho Man are part of the series, as well as the Thing and Johnny Storm Human Torch, who is only partially ignited from the waist down, (laughs) Okay, while shouting his famous catchphrase, Fire away! I'm joking, I'm seriously joking, I'm joking, I know I've gotten beaten up by this before.
1: I mean, he's in the middle of changing, so he's got to be shouting that famous catchphrase, and yes, it has been so long since we heard it, so...
0: Play- I actually have the Medusa figure.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I figured that must have been your favorite. But why do you love Medusa? Because you have Funko Pops. You got it all. So talk to us about Medusa. It's a very interesting
0: character because Medusa is one of the first or few of, like, the Inhumans that have transcended into, like, other teams. And I don't know. I just like the idea of the character and the look was always interesting to me with the way her hair was just this like his own being, if you will. Yeah. And it's another one of those very underutilized characters, and the ones that they don't know what to do with, but Mm. whenever whenever she comes up, she's always very well-drawn in any case.
1: Well, then you must have been very upset by the Inhumans television series.
0: I watched the first episode, and I was done. Granted, the actress who played medusa i am a huge fan of oh and she was also in tron legacy oh that's cool She's one of the girls that, like, suits up Sam in in Tron Legacy. Oh,
1: okay. So she's not Jem, she's the one with the dark hair. Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, no, she's a really terrific actor, and just, just got a really bad break taking that role. And, and she legit shaved her head for that role. That's crazy. Her name is Serinda Swan. She, she's on a show now called Coroner on, like, the CW or Canada television of some sort.
1: Alright, well, next up here also announced our Ghost Rider figures, but the only one that matters, if you you ask me, is the exploding Ghost Rider, whose body parts fly everywhere when you press a button on his back. That is just a great feature. (laughs) Like, I remember, I I still have my uh, Swamp Thing figure where you push the button on his back and he just falls to pieces, but he's connected by ropes, you know? (laughs) Like, he just snaps back together. I mean, it's, it's super fun. But it's interesting because they also say that in addition to just the figures that have motorcycle accessories that they can ride on, of course, they also have stunt cycle toys that have figures permanently attached to them and they're activated by a rip cord action do you remember those rip cord toys from back in the day these are the ones where like you pull it and it kind of revs a motor oh and then, yeah and then the things roll and do you know move on their own like there's even like a masters of the universe figure i think that had that
0: oh yes you're right yeah and it was like a long rip cord yeah yes. it was just like a long
1: piece of plastic with like a serrated bottom and you I would stick it in i
0: I remember that, yes, wow. <laughs> the feeling of those
1: toys, that's just a nostalgic vibration, just yeah. remembering what that felt like. But um, I just, I remember seeing these Ghost Rider figures on shelves and... And it just always baffled me because there wasn't a Ghost Rider cartoon. And they even mentioned in here that the comic wasn't popular anymore. So it was such weird timing to release a Ghost Rider series of figures. And yeah, they I remember them being at KB Toys forever because they was like, it's cool, but it's not cool. Because who wants a Blaze figure? You know, he's not on fire. He's just a guy with glasses and a ponytail and a long coat, you know? Just like... <laughs> but another wave of Iron Man figures are also shown in this issue as well the most outlandish of which is samurai I was iron gonna man To say samurai iron man but look at him he looks like the Jaime reyes blue beetle doesn't
0: yes, he i just thought that he looks like the blue beetle
1: <laughs> it is crazy i'm just like did they anticipate that future design he's just a little bulkier you know uh there's also a lot of x-men 2099 figures that are previewed but even i didn't care about them when they came out and i loved the 2099 universe x-men was just my least favorite of those books i even like ravage 2099 more than x-men 2099 sorry ron loom
0: wow that's a a bold statement there sir
1: there it is (laughs) but what's next here
0: to cash in on the action figure collector's boom marvel comics released four volumes of the ultimate marvel superhero toy collector guide in 19- <laughs> that's a mouthful
1: 1995
0: detailing all marvel figures released by mego mattel and toy biz from the 70s up to 1994 Ooh, that's kind of a cool book I would, I, i'd be interested in that
1: well what's crazy is kevin hellions a past guest on our show and who i do other uh, collaborations with on the retro network he just got a big haul of comics and he had one of those he got one of those issues he's like I've never seen this before uh, I was going to tell him Kevin these are awesome I've wanted them forever I just never come across them
0: interesting but it also shows toys that were not released, featuring a prototype figure, and now a fifth volume is being published in
1: 1996. Yeah, so I just think that's so cool that they actually include prototype figures. So, like, if nothing else, if you're like, well, I, I know all the figures, I know what they all are. It's like, yeah, but look at this. Look at this one that didn't come out. Like, that's a piece of history that makes those issues important, those collector's guides. So, if you ever see them snag them, they literally are just like a bunch of figures posed on the cover it's usually like a wraparound cover there's just a million figures on them that's cool all right well now we are about to get into something else that's special because we're going to be talking about the top 10 comics so michael you and steven used to cover the top 10 comics on the mini episodes and the bane of your existence during that time were prime comics yes so you must be feeling very relieved that all these years later prime the ultraverse there is nothing from malibu on this list
0: i'm quite relieved and (laughs) in a way overjoyed if you will But I will say this list is very surprising to begin to begin with. Now do you do it ten to one or one to ten?
1: I usually go one to ten, but let's go ten to one. I think that's a fun way to go about this. So okay. why don't you start us off?
0: All right. Number ten is Glory Number One, written by Joe Duffy, an artist Mike
1: Diodaddy. Remember Diodaddy? <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. Mike Diodato Jr. Can't do it. Can't write about it. another chick with a killer rack. You said it, not me. <laughs> ah heck, it's our last listing this month, so here goes. There's this chick named Glory, who's this super powered heroine in Brigade, with some excellent stories thanks to Joe Duffy's great writing which feature plenty of demons and scumbags and cool friends of hers with superpowers. Not to mention this series gives us a closer look into Glo- Glory's personal life, seeing as how it's her own series and all. Whew.
1: So, wow. Yeah, I guess uh, by the end of this list, they have been talking about a lot of bad girls. So here's Glory. Yes, Extreme Studios Wonder Woman. Very exciting. Not... I have uh, quite a few Glory comics I've picked up because I wanted to know, what were they doing here? They're not great. It is a lot of thong shots, Michael. That is what you get in a Glory comic. Every other panel, that's how they frame it.
0: So it's real great writing, apparently.
1: Yeah, Joe Duffy, I guess she was getting it done, but... All right, but next here, in the number nine spot, The X-Files issue number two, written by Stefan Petruka and artist Charles Adler. Hey, it's X-Files number one again. Damn it. Somebody get that damn wizard copy editor stick a size nine in his... Oh, wait, this is X-Files number two. Hey, you can't blame us for getting confused. All these X-Files covers look the same. Don't get us wrong. They look cool, but... Jeez, how many times can you draw Scully and Mulder with big pasty heads looking like... like... Scooby and Shaggy after they see the groundskeeper dressed as the minor 49ers ghost. What? The minor 49ers ghost? I gotta tell you, Michael, like, Wizard just gets punchier and punchier with these top 10 lists. It's pretty fantastic.
0: Yeah, I could tell. So number eight is... DC vs. Marvel number one, writer Ron Mars, artist Dan Jurgens, and a, a plethora of other guys as well. Even with its high $3.95 cover price, which is standard with today's prices, <laughs> and maybe even a little bit cheaper, believe it or not, lower the page quality to standard fare, no glossy cover, and charge less next time, guys. Fans couldn't get enough of this huge crossover, seeing Batman take on bullseye, Robin put the moves on Jubilee, and tons of other cross-company meetings finally gave fans, both young and old, what they wanted for years. There's no secret as to why this issue jumped to the top ten. No low print runs, Origins, or variant covers. Just great characters fighting even greater characters that they never could fight before.
1: (laughs) Okay! I mean, that's interesting that they highlighted Batman fighting bullseye. That's just... Huh? Because I think that was a very minor fight. (laughs) I I think so, too. Number seven is Angela, number one, written by Neil Gaiman with art by Greg Capullo. Now, who'd have thought that one of the stars of Who's the Boss would get her very own comic and make it to the top ten? Angela! Angela tries to bake a cake, but when Tony sees the mess she made in the kitchen, the fur really starts to fly. And just wait for the spinoff, Samantha! (laughs) Which details the struggles of a college freshman who can't escape the hypnotic tear of her Xboxer father suggested for mature readers. <laughs> oh, who's the boss references? Gotta love it.
0: That is a series of jokes that anybody born after 1996 would have no idea what they were referencing.
1: Absolutely not.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. So number six is Dawn number one. I will say I've been interested in the Dawn character for a while. I've never read an issue. I like the character design. I definitely am interested in checking it out. So this is by writer and artist Joseph Michael Linsner. It's getting tougher and tougher to write different stuff about these freaking bad girl books every month. But, hey... You keep making them hot, and we'll keep writing about them. (laughs) Take Dawn, for instance. Hot babe, red hair, runny mascara, tight duds, amazing body, religious connections. (laughs) Okay, great. Several aliases, unlimited powers, perceptive observer, helps humans, solid smarts, loyal boyfriend, fierce enemies exciting adventures definitely one bad girl worth reading about
1: that was quite a list
0: (laughs) that's like how many adjectives we fit in this one paragraph
1: Now, I gotta say, Michael, when I did the Bad Girls special with my wife, Dr. Kristen, of all the characters I thought she might be like, what is going on here? She's just wearing lingerie. She liked Dawn because she said her proportions look like a real woman. And I was like, wow, I did not expect that at all
0: concur i think every cover i've ever seen of dawn it's always well drawn and it always i would say does seem proportionate versus some other bad girl or female characters
1: all right in the number five spot we have she number one by billy toochie and billy (laughs) toochie plus a couple other guys who are helping out. but they say here the tooch that's what we like to call that little billy toochie fella sounds kind of like some weird mafia hitman don't it Hey, Mario, this job's too big for us, Said for the tooch. <laughs> He's just this comic artist-writer guy, though, but his book, She, is and has been one of the hottest comics on the market. It chronicles the adventures of Ana Ishikawa, a powerful master of the many Japanese arts of war who was forced to battle her fellow warriors to survive. Sound neat? It is. Check it out. So there it is. And, Michael, you missed it, but uh, she did make it to the number one spot just a few issues prior to this. But now, all of a sudden, at number five, I think they just wanted to mix it up.
0: I was going to say, I mean, she's been out for a while now, I feel like, at this point, right? So It's
1: like two years old, yeah. yeah.
0: Number four, I'm going to get killed for saying this. I tried reading Preacher. I couldn't get into it. But number four is Preacher number one. Writer, Garth Ennis, artist, Steve Dillon. Hello. Where the hell did this book come from? The tale of Jesse Custer and his quest for God, physically, not spiritually, is bringing in more and more converts every day. Aided by his ex-girlfriend Tulip and an Irish vampire named Cassidy, preacher... may well be the cure Vertigo needs now that Sandman has ended. Caution, this title contains some of the sickest scenes you'll ever see in a comic, including a rudeness of a most severe nature being administered to an armadillo. (laughs) But it's also one of the coolest and funniest books you'll ever see. Just pray your local comic shop gets a copy. Yeah, I, I like, I have volumes one and two. And I can tell you, I never finished volume one. I just, and I don't mind totally gross, grotesque stuff sometimes. I just, I just wasn't captivated by the story.
1: Well, but I think the thing that there is very prescient here by Wizard is, yeah, it really is going, it becomes like the big Vertigo title going forward. Sandman just ended at this point. And so, yeah, like they definitely called that one correctly. Preacher just becomes everybody's favorite thing.
0: I would i mean of the vertical titles salmon has got to be number one this has got to be two or three you know yeah. you know close behind like a hundred bullets and stuff like that which are very very big stories as well
1: speaking of number three though in the number three spot we've got jed 13 number one from the miniseries by jim lee and brandon Choi, with art by j scott campbell and alex garner you know everyone says 13 is an unlucky number yeah those poor half naked if they were guys all naked if they were girls victims of jason's from the friday of the 13th flicks weren't so lucky but what about the monsters they lived on 1313 mockingbird lane and they always seem pretty happy heck you could knock that grin off herman's face with a bat and, and then there's the whole gen 13 bunch who've got to be ecstatic Seeing is how this comic came out two years ago and is still high on everyone's hot lists chronicling the lives of five heroes trying to cope with their mutant powers and the trials of teenage life this series was executed with fun writing and some of the industry's best art amen wizard <laughs> Although I don't like the series, but just as well. Everybody else did. It was a great starting point.
0: <laughs> so next up, who does number two work for? <laughs> number two is Lady Death, number one. Another book that's been out for a while, I feel like. Writer, Brian Polito. Artist, Stephen Hughes. For somebody who's supposed to be dead, this white-faced controller of the realm of the dead. Hey, that'd look swell on a resume. <laughs> <laughs> has a longer shelf life than a box of twinkies by the way one of my coworkers had a twinkie yesterday and i was he's like you want one i was like i i, I don't know i'm good, I'm good. <laughs> are you twinkie intolerant i don't i i think i'm diabetes intolerant I think. <laughs> which is pretty impressive seeing as how twinkies next to cockroaches and polybag comics of X-Force No. 1 are the only things that will survive the impending nuclear holocaust. <laughs> anyway, while the market is, is choked with bad girl comics, ALD, or Lady Death, still leads the pack, out-distancing even fan faves like She, Vampirella, and Dawn. Why? Aside from the stars, um, testosterone-invigorating body configuration and itty bitty little costume lady death offers pretty neat comic stories and clean uncluttered art
1: there you go, Lady Death, holding on strong. But in the number one spot, who is top of the heap this time around? It is the X Files number one. And they say this tops comic based on the hottest Spock sci-fi show since Misfits of Science. Hey, it was a great show. Ah, come on, is back in the number one hot spot. In case you've had your head stuck someplace dark and unwashed this past year or so, the X Files stars those two bumbling detectives, just like Don Knotts and Tim Conway in The Private Eyes. Another quality Filmatic achievement, Scully and Mulder, who continue to search for UFOs and stuff. The funny thing is, these two nitwits can never cough up enough evidence for their theories to hold any water. So, in the end, Mulder looks like a big goofball and blows any chance he has of bagging that Scully broad. (laughs) Well, eventually he seals the deal, so. Shows what you know, wizard. But Misfits of Science, have you ever seen that show, Michael?
0: I, I remember it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I always remember seeing it because I didn't know it was a TV show, but they had the videotape of, like, the pilot episode at Blockbuster Video. I rented it once, and I was like, the funniest part was they had a guy who would shrink down. Like, that was his power. You know, he's basically the atom. But when he shrunk down, they just used a Barbie doll. They just had a Ken doll. And then they, they were just moving around. It was so funny. They didn't have a big budget, I guess apparently well that does it for our top 10 list but as always we want to leave you with a laugh so it's time that we check out our mort of the month
0: I looked at this and I was like, wow, this is a character? Holy cow. This is Aquarian, which is apparently a Marvel Comics character, that kind of looks like that time when Lex Luthor had a red hair and beard look. Yeah. And Aquaman with a beard.
1: I mean, he looks like Grizzly Adams with a little bit longer hair.
0: like (laughs) Grizzly Adams and and Fabio had a baby. (laughs) Oh my, it's Jesus. We've accidentally stuck Jesus in the Mortar of the <laughs> Oh man, we are so screwed. Once God reads this, he's gonna freak. And, wait a minute, that's not Jesus. <laughs> it's that loser Aquarian from old Marvel 2-in-1 issues and stuff. Man, that was close. Woo! Anyway, this ass loaf... <laughs> uh, is an alien who was rocketed from his home world when his dad thought the planet was gonna blow. Hey, does DC know this guy? <laughs> Crash landing on Earth with the ability to suck. <laughs> he was quickly shuffled off to comic limbo along with Howard the Duck. And Slapstick. He's got a cool
1: song, though. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarian. <laughs> oh, his ability to suck.
0: <laughs> that was pretty funny. So the the, the Mordometer gives him five Morts.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad the More of the Month has returned and it just brings my life so much joy. So wow, but the Aquarian they didn't say who he fought, and that's what I want to know. Because I don't think was, he was the two in the two and one, you know what I'm saying? Like he had to have been a bad guy, right? Or some weird ally of two other existing Marvel heroes. Somebody tell us. I gotta know more about Aquarian.
0: I tried Googling it and it autocorrected to Marvel Aquarium. Is that something that exists? I guess so. You can
1: order it from Amazon?
0: It looks like it. So on Comic Vine, there is a little bit more of a detail on this character. Wondar the Aquarian is a powerful pacifist who was attached to Project Pegasus. He is friends with the Thing, among others. More recently, he proved to be the only person ever to be bitten by a Marvel zombie and live to tell the tale, purging the disease out of his body.
1: Wow, so he got a second life. That's pretty wild. Wow, so I just, I can't believe that they passed up the ability to make fun of the fact that his name is Wondar. <laughs> If Steven was here right now, I think Steven knows about Wondar, which was the Wonder Bread He-Man. It was this mythical figure that everybody talked about, that was a mail away from Wonder Bread back in the '80s. But it's like it was proven to not have existed. It was a, like some gag that some people came up with and then were like promoting throughout the early 2000s as a real collectible. Like that, that he actually got made, like as a joke. You know, really? like Mattel's like fine, we're just gonna do Wondar then. (laughs)
0: Do you want to know the origin of Wondar the Aquarian?
1: Yeah, let's hear all the details.
0: Okay, the origin of this character. On a distant planet called... Dakum, not like Daxum, where the Daxamites come from in DC Comics. Very, very close spelling, though. A scientist named Hectu had come to believe that their son was going to go supernova, thereby threatening to destroy his world. In a last effort to save his family, he and his wife, Soja, planned to save their infant son named. Wondar, from their world's destruction. They placed him aboard a ship that would maintain his life support as long as necessary and launched him into outer space. Hektu and Soja later made flight and were captured and executed by the internal security force to prevent them from alarming the populace. To his dismay, Hektu found an apocalyptic prediction would be incorrect and they sent their son away into the stars, needlessly.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's just like an idiot, Jorel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh boy, that's, that's that is wild, that's man. Crazy. So so much to get into with the more of the month. If anybody has that Marvel two in one issue, we want to see it. Hold it up. I'm looking at you, fifty cent comic collector. I know you've got it He's over there. He's got it. That guy's got it for <laughs> sure. All right. Well, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on the mini-episode. I'm so glad this worked out. Uh, life has been busy for you, but this is a ton of fun. And, uh, of course, you are back for episode 57, where we had a very, very interesting conversation with jason liebig yes we teased you on at the end of episode 56 we would tell you who our next guest is well he is the guy behind uh, CollectingCandy.com. but before he got into that world of pop culture packaging and all those things his whole deal was he was an assistant editor on x-men comics at marvel in 1996 during heroes reborn
0: he had some stories man holy moly
1: yeah and a lot of opinions too (laughs) and and
0: fun fact for those of you guys who don't know i signed off at a certain point after we we wrapped it up these two guys talked for another 45 minutes after i left
1: (laughs) well he is a retro collector as well so we got off of comics for a little bit although we did have an off mic conversation about rob liefeld that i'm not at liberty to Uh, share any more details about but we did just have so many conversations and you will hear about his relationship with Rob on the episode there was plenty that was spilled there so yeah the insider look at what the Marvel employees were doing to try to sabotage Heroes Reborn uh, is fascinating so this is an important piece of comics history that I don't know you're gonna get anywhere else so definitely tell your friends to tune in for episode 57 of Wizards of course you can stay connected with us and find out where that episode drops where Michael
0: follow us on our Twitter which is at Wizards Comics and our Instagram which is at wizards underscore comics. You can also go to our website wizardscomics.com. You can follow us and listen to us on any of your podcasting platforms. And check out all the other really terrific retro network podcasts who give us a platform to talk about all of our stuff. They are super amazing guys they have a great conversation stuff we have stuff on a slack channel that i'm terrible at following but there's always really cool conversations going on
1: yeah that's the truth if you guys want to become vip members of the patreon you'll actually get access to this behind the scenes conversation that all the contributors to the retro network have and other followers of the retro network and it's just always like just amazing collectibles and stuff you kind of get a heads up on everything else that's going on so highly recommended of course check out our YouTube channel as well because we're continuously putting videos up there for you. There are so many new things coming into the archives. Guys, if you have not seen my Poster Haul series, I am now moving into collecting the promotional posters that were up in the comic book stores for Wizard Magazine. So many of these issues that didn't have that cover art as the poster, I've now been able to get in this large format. They are beautiful. I'm sharing them with you. Also want to give you a heads up because as After this episode, what's coming up is a Spawn special issue. I'm sure many of you bought it back in the day. And yes, there is a Spawn special that we are going to be talking to at Pogo Man on Twitter. But you probably know it best with the hashtag Spawn Hunter. He has an amazing Spawn collection. I mean, wow. If you've ever seen the pictures on his Twitter, you'd be like, this guy, he gets it. So... (laughs) Be sure to stay tuned for that. And, uh, hey, until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded.
0: This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.